Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi-published author and CEO and founder of Right Way. And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk. So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. Okay, so... Uh, not to treat our listeners to like the <laughs> middle of a conversation, but let's just, I, I just want you to keep talking for a second about the idea of like how traditional publishing is, 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 is mostly a vanity project is mostly like a vanity it's vanity people. I mean, I feel, I feel like I'm, I, I'm almost like betraying my company and stance and belief and career as an author. Well, we are, but we've talked about this before. The idea that the idea that a company could be like, we'll help you write a sellable book, but then turn around and be and its individual members be like, please write from your heart. Stop writing from your fucking broken ego and your empty wallet. It's not going to do you any good. No. And I was, so I was talking to a friend of mine who's a great author. Love her to death. Her name's Jennifer Pashley. Everyone should buy her books. Um, She's great. And, you know, she's had a very interesting experience as a published author too. But she listened to my solo episode about like that I am parting ways with my publisher. And she, in her mind, she was like, oh my God, how amazing. Because now she can write whatever she wants to write and she can do whatever she wants to do. But here's my issue with all of that is, you know, if you want to still have a quote unquote career as a traditionally published author, you do have to follow a specific set of rules. And those rules seem to be changing all the time for publishers. And they change the rules on us literally, I feel like all the, literally all the time. Like, oh, wait, okay, I'm sorry. You used to have 10,000 followers. Oh, wait, no, that's not good enough. Now you need 100,000 followers. Now you need to have you know, you need to have a budget to go out and do X, Y, and Z and do events. And, oh, wait, no, we're not going to pay for ads. So you have to pay for ads. And they keep doing less and less and less and less. And we are still so hungry to be repped by them, to be chosen by them, that they say jump and we say how high. and secret- Because that supposedly means something. That right? supposedly means something. And used to, I mean, I really feel like a long time ago, it really actually did. And- But there's always been this elitism around what it means to be a writer. And we talked about this a little bit on our Outsider podcast, but I've never felt like the stereotypical writer or what we romanticize as being a writer, what a writer looks like, what a writer drinks, what a writer like does with their days. Um, And then again, just like how... You know, there's a book that I just read, um, which is phenomenal, like a phenomenal thriller book called Rock, Paper, Scissors by Alice Feeney. She's a British author. This is a perfect person to take um, into account is like someone who has just hit it right. So her first book, Sometimes I Lie, was huge. It was an immediate New York Times bestseller. It was optioned right away. Um, And this is her fourth book. And every single one hits it out of the park. Like every single one becomes a New York Times bestseller. They are actually making the movies um, and TV shows of all of her books. And I feel like all of us writers, myself included, are like, fuck, like what is it that, that just 
makes sense for her and that that really seemed to work out for her. Like, what am I missing? Is it the story? So then you start dissecting the story. Ooh, is it her agent? It, maybe her agent is is just really her biggest advocate. So you start looking at the agent and who they rep and what they do. Or, oh, wait, maybe it's the publisher. Maybe it's that in-house team. And so you start, again, looking at this like a product and which I talk about all the time. Like, your book is a product to sell But when you do that and when you start constantly dissecting it and looking at the business, I think personally it interferes so much with the creativity and everyone, every agent, every publisher is just like, write a good story, write the best story that you can. But then we're expected to do so much more and it's exhausting and it's also very confusing. So like, are we writers or are we marketers? Are we creatives or are we business people? And for those that say both, because we are, it's physically impossible to be a true creative and then also wear a business hat if you want to do the best fucking job you can. And that's just my opinion and people can disagree with me, but that's that's what I feel like. Well, and the thing of it is, it's okay, I think, to have to be a creative and a marketer. I think it's okay if that is like the general consensus. But if there's some kind of understanding that like from what like what you get from being traditionally published with the big five or the big three or the what it's going to be the big one at some <laughs> oh, point. Oh yeah, Amazon. <laughs> um, mega publisher, LL, like fucking, uh, you yeah. know, whatever. Um, if, if there's some kind of understanding that that brings with it, like that's, it's a tougher road. It's, you've got to prove your grit more. You've got you've to have chosen. something that others don't. That's fine. And, but, you know, the fact that it also includes any more, almost nothing of what it should. So, uh, people that are, authors that are traditionally published are getting paid less. Oh, so uh, much. Their less. publishers aren't doing any fucking marketing for them. What is the point of putting that? So now the presumption is is that the only thing that you really get from traditional publishing is the name recognition, is the brand recognition, the name, yep. and that's as cheap and tawdry as any. Like t- it's it's just common bullshit. Um, and the fact that the we're we're still expected to uh, perceive that these publishers cre- carry some kind of gravitas, as if they're the proof, as if they're the 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 standard by which lit is measured, is bullshit. Yeah. Frankly, it's total bullshit. And what else is bullshit is and and again, I don't want it to be like, oh, my God, every podcast we're just griping and bitching. And that's that's not what that's not my aim. My aim is to really tell the truth and to have people really question what is it I am after? If it is the name recognition, fantastic. But know what you're going to get and know what you're not going to get. 
Um, that's a hundred. That's a hundred percent true. And I had a great conversation today uh, with one of the friends of Right Way, friends of our podcast, uh, and we'll have an episode with her coming up soon. But we were kind of talking about the same thing, which is like there are writers out there who do genuinely just want that. And they want to finish the manuscript and they want to turn it over and they want to have their hands off and they want to move on to the next thing. And that's 100% fine if that's um, the move. I, I think the I think the crime a- anymore is, though, um, you know, talking about like it being bullshit in one sense and, and kind of griping about that. But I do think the actual crime is, is that by and large, when you get published by a traditional publisher, you have very you have almost no control over. Oh, you have almost no creative control over the pro- hard product itself. And yet you're still having to pay out of pocket to market the product itself, to meet your numbers, to satisfy the publisher. So it's it's just a weird, it's become this bizarre double-edged sword where there's no benefit. There's 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 an increasingly there's increasingly little benefit to being traditionally published, and yet it's still carrying Wait. The weight of the marketplace. Well, and, and here, like, here's where I am, and I'm so frustrated, and I was talking to my agent about it. So I have this fourth book coming out in February, but my publisher knows I'm not going to continue with them. They're not going to continue with me, and they are they are going to do nothing. I mean, nothing, and I already know this. There, There's going to be no, no, like, fanfare, no nothing, and that will drastically affect my sales as it did with this last book that they did nothing with, and that will screw me for trying to land another deal because they're going to look at my numbers, especially over the last two books and be like, Ooh, no, she didn't sell well. So, you know, because that's the thing, what's the difference between me being a, a traditionally published author and having to do all the marketing myself versus being a self published author and having to do all the marketing myself besides that name recognition. And, and again, at this point, I'm like, well, what is that? What is that getting me? And most big publishers now, it's insane. Like, you know, used to you would get your advance all up front and then they'd split it in half and mine's in thirds. And now a lot of them are going to to four, four parts. So you get a fourth upon signing, a fourth when you turn your book in, a fourth when the book is published, and then a fourth a year later. So if you're only get, getting paid $10,000, $25,000, and then your agent has to take 15% of that and it's divided into four, you you really have to think through these things and and weighing out like what really matters and what doesn't. But what keeps me from self-publishing, because I've never self-published, is I have seen our clients go through the ringer with this. And it's so much work. And then there's distribution issues and printing issues and the quality's not great. And there just aren't fantastic solutions. Like I don't want to take care of all that stuff. I don't want to have to worry about like, you know, my book being distributed in the right way or the right price or, you know, working with Amazon. Like I'm not interested in that as an author. And I think so many authors aren't. It's very overwhelming to think through that. So they're willing to give away the rights to their work and any kind of say so in the content in order to be published. And with nonfiction, I think you know what you're getting into a little bit. You don't live or die by this book. But with fiction writers, it's really frustrating because your career 
can be made or broken. It can stall. It can, you know, flourish based on the support of your team. That is the only thing the support of your publisher will dictate how successful you are, how many books you're, you sell. And some publishers might disagree with me and be like, oh, well, it's luck or timing because sometimes books do just hit or they do get picked up by, you know, someone really famous or, or they just resonate in a way and then the publisher will jump all over it to help. But often they don't do much and everybody knows that and yet everybody still wants to be published. So why is that? Why do we still put so much clout on being chosen? Well, because it's all we know, right? And I think you said something interesting about, you know, particularly about like, you, you know, do your research and think long and hard about you, you need to know this stuff so that if you do get a traditional book deal and you only get, a, you know, a $20,000 advance, it's going to be split up into quarters over the course of a year. So how are you going to budget for that? Or how are you going to live while that, that book, that book is being launched? Um, and I think one of the, I think that is maybe the problem is we've, we get pretty, I think we get that. And I, I don't know what I, I don't know what to, I don't want to just sit here and like try to blame something, but we do have this like, Especially in America, we have we kind of have this like we we live in kind of a culture of of prominence. We live in a culture of success. We live in a culture of celebrity. We live um, in, in a culture of you either got to be. We live in a culture of second place is the first loser, and I think that's a that's one of the problems. So all we see is you know all we want to see is that that big five. All we see of the publishing industry on a really mainstream level is the big is is the big 3 or the big 5 or whatever. We don't see all of the, you know, digital options. We don't see all the hybrid publishers that are that that are trying to like come about in 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 the midst of the pandemic. We don't see a lot of the independent publishers that are kind of like that have been continually changing the game not only with the titles they release, but the but the the method that they go about it since, you know, the early 2000s like late, you know, 99, 2000, 2001, etc. We don't see that. We don't know it, and we don't think we need to get to know it because the only path forward we often see is, you know, whatever is Scribner, Simon and Schuster, Penguin Classics, whatever New York Times bestseller is like. That's the that's the soundbite that we associate with publishing. Yeah, I mean, it's like the news, right? Like we don't hear about all the good stuff happening. It's the same thing with publishing. We only hear about these massive successes. We only hear about the 10 best-selling books. Where are the where where's the outlet to celebrate the mid-list authors to give them a chance to really like I feel like there's there's this divide, right? Like there's the big huge lead titles and then there are the indie like the smaller independent published authors that are a little bit more literary in nature that do like have awards, they do get support. And when we're talking about like traditional publishing is dead, I'm a huge proponent of smaller publishers. They give you more attention. It's not about the money, really. It really is about like the quality of the product. But there are a whole slew of authors who are amazing authors, who are my friends, who we are all kind of in the same boat where we are again, these mid-listers that just get glossed over. Our books come out, 
they do okay, sometimes they do great, sometimes they suck, sometimes they sell, sometimes they don't, and then it's on to the next one. And there's just no impact. It feels like there's no impact. It feels like, oh, well, this six weeks has passed or two weeks has passed. I didn't make a list. So my book no longer matters. It no longer is relevant, which is utter bullshit. And it does matter and it is relevant, but it's so overwhelming to figure out like, okay, I've got to I've got to figure out a way to sell this because my my publisher certainly isn't. They've moved on to the next person. And unless you want to pay a publicist an exorbitant amount of money on a monthly retainer to help you not even sell your book, but just keep the momentum alive, which so many people can't afford, then it seems like you have this one tiny little window to promote your book and then it's gone. And that that has to change. There has to be something that can really shift and change and where it's not just self-publishing or a small publisher or a big publisher, because getting your work published is very different than promoting, marketing, and selling your book. They're two totally different things. And for me, I love writing and I love a book coming out, but the promotion process is so exhausting and daunting and trying to figure out what works and what doesn't and trying new things and spending more money, and you feel like you're just spinning in circles. So what is it about that process that can change? How, as authors, can we rework and rewrite this process, both internally within our teams and externally as authors who just want to write and move on to the next project? And again, I'm speaking more to fiction writers the nonfiction authors. Because with nonfiction, you can talk about your subject matter all day. You can tie it into your business. You can give seminars and conferences and talks. And with fiction, it's it's different. It's, you know, <laughs> you can only do like so many readings or or talk about your book. And and I don't know, there's just there's got to be some sort of solution to still share our work, feel good about it make some money, and and still be able to entrench ourselves in the part that we like, which is the writing, which is being, you know, finding that story and spending more time there than on social media and Instagram lives and doing these events. It's It's exhausting and it's not sustainable. Are there, do you think that there's anyone... Um, whether they be like, you know, colleagues or friends of yours or people in the industry, anybody that is maybe in that mid list, uh, category who is like doing it different. You know, I have a few friends who, um, one of them, RJ Jacobs, who is a fantastic writer. He's in the thriller genre. He just switched publishers. He was with Crooked Lane. He just got a two book deal with Sourcebooks. And he, his attitude about it is phenomenal. So he focuses on the writing. He, you know, he gets his edits, he does the editing, and then he just releases it. And like, he'll do some events and do some write-ups. And he's a therapist, so he gets to like, you know, he'll do some podcasts or radio stuff. But he doesn't really go out and seek anything. He's very chill about his numbers. He doesn't stress about it. And somehow he's like he keeps getting deals, even though he's not sold like, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies of his book. 
And he just has such a different attitude about it. I think because it's not his day job, he is a therapist. So this is really fun for him. And I feel like a lot of authors who are trying to make this a career, it becomes panic inducing and anxiety inducing because it's like, oh my God, if my book doesn't sell, like I'm no longer going to be able to support this dream and become a full-time author. And um, so... I think, you know, when you do have another source of income, it can't it can leave room to kind of play, but you're only as good as your last sales numbers. I mean, that's like a common refrain in this industry is like, sure, you could have a New York Times bestseller or a great hit. And then if no subsequent book like like rises to the level of success of the first one, then you're kind of irrelevant. And there's always someone waiting to take your place. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like the acting industry um, in that way. I feel like, you know, you great. I have a great story. But then what about the next story? What about the next story? And I think for all authors out there, I, I was talking to someone who's trying to get her first book published. And she's like, you know, I really have spent a lot of time figuring out what I want from this and what she wants is to write a really great seller, uh, write a really great thriller that sells the the movie rights, gets made into some sort of TV series. Like that is her main goal. And then she uses that to launch her career, maybe more so in like TV writing or whatever. And she's like, I don't know if I'd ever even want to write another novel. Um, and I think that was so refreshing to hear because I kind of feel the same way, right? I've cranked out four books and I'm like, do I have anything left to say? Do I even know how to tell a good story at this point? Because obviously I haven't like hit it out of the park yet. <laughs> um, and maybe I'm done. Like maybe I don't have to keep producing. Um, maybe like, because there's, I've talked about this before, but there's a lot about being an author in what it means in today's society that I don't love. I, it gives me anxiety to, you know, create the launch party and to figure out like, my tour and because none of that stuff is taken care of. Like it's, I have to literally figure out what I'm doing and am I doing enough and are people going to show up? And there's a lot of anxiety for writers around the launch. And, you know, so many authors are actually who support other authors. I feel like authors are the unsung heroes of this industry. And without us banding together, you know, it would be a very, very lonely, um, somewhat toxic environment. And, but I, but again, it, it's just, I think really thinking from the start is really like, what do you want from this? And for me, you know, my biggest goal is to see my book on screen. That's one of my stories on screen. I'd love to get more into that realm and see, you know, what happens there. I know that's another really crazy industry, but I think we don't often allow ourselves to like grow and expand and and think, you know, is this what I still want? Am I still enjoying this? Could I do it differently? And allow yourself to ask those questions and really listen to the answers because you don't have to do anything. And I know so many self-published authors who are so prolific they churn out books left and right. They can write whatever they want. And, but they still, at the end of the day, want to land an agent and want to get a book deal. And I would just ask, why? What do you think is going to be different? 
because you've heard all the stories and you hear all the gripes and complaints, but still we have something fundamental at the end of the day where you're not a real writer unless you get traditionally published. And I think that is total bullshit. I, I mean, it is total bullshit. Like, you're a writer, period. If you're writing, you're a writer. You do not have to get published. And I, I would like to ask you that because I know that's still one of your goals. Like, we've talked about all this stuff, you know, the ins and outs of it, but yet you still want to be traditionally published, correct? I'm, I've am i more remedialized my the clarity of, of my intention. And, you know, on, on that note, like just given like what you said, I, I think clarity of purpose and, and, and clarity of intent is, is key as it probably is key in all other aspects of our life. And I think that more so than anything, I, for my goal is just to, has become just to find joy in writing again. Um, I, and I think one of the things that poisoned it was feeling a kind of need that was the result of feelings of lack because I either had never done it or, or wanted that kind of traditional validation. I think over the course of kind of examining it and being really self-reflective about why I couldn't sit down and see a project of my own through, um, I think I've more, I've more come around, and we talked a little bit about this a couple uh, episodes ago. Just I'm I'm kind of heartbroken by how. But for any instance where I've never pushed someone to write what write because they love it. And because if anybody out there is writing and they love it, like you, I think those people have already won. Like if you are like happily pounding away at your computer at six in the morning and just relishing in what you're putting out, I say good for you. I say you, that's, that's where I want to be. I just, I don't even, yeah, I want to be in that place because I'm not. And I think after, you know, we've both been in different industries and after, you know, five to 10 years of editorial and, or, um, you know, I've written in entertainment marketing, I've written, uh, been a copywriter, um, of kind of like piecing together like a freelance and full-time income, uh, by creating content and, being a writer, but in a very commercialized sense, um, I'm I'm looking to get back to what took me to the blank page to begin with. I haven't I haven't found it yet, but but that's that's my real that's my real goal right oh, now. And I love what you said about being heartbroken because I I am heartbroken, but for a different reason. I am heartbroken that I look at myself in, in 2016, 2017, and then 2018 before that first real book launched and best time in my life. I mean, just so fun, so exciting, such a dreamer, loved everything, loved the process. And in the last three years, I no longer love writing. I have lost my joy, which is, it's the one constant in my whole life since I was a kid that I was like, no, this'll, this'll never be taken away from me. I love to write. I love to sit down. I get lost. I'm in the flow. And I honestly have not recovered that. And it is the most, 
it's really scary, actually, because I'm like, who am I if I don't write? Like, I don't really have a backup in terms of, I mean, our business is great. And I think we're so, so good at helping other people usher their work into the world in a way that feels really good to them or or helping their voices come to the page or really helping them navigate this industry. That is a totally different subset of skill. But like at my core, I, I am a writer. And to have that love like still just not really evident and then to not be motivated to finish a project because I'm not getting paid for it, like that's what the traditional publishing industry has done to me. They've like broken my <laughs> broken my writing spirit spirit absolutely disappointed me in every way possible and i mean i didn't come to the table with a negative attitude i came to the table like yes what can they do how can i serve and again spent a hundred thousand dollars of my own money like did 50 plus events that first book to where i was just like crying and exhausted because i didn't have anything left like constantly pushing, constantly trying to learn, constantly asking questions. And again, book by book, just been treated colder and colder and colder and colder. And I am not alone in that. And again, I have had more authors reach out to me from all different types of types of publishers saying the exact same thing. They've had the exact same experience, experience, even from, again, New York Times bestselling authors down to authors who've been published with smaller, you know, more modest publishers. And we've all had the same experience. So what is the common denominator there? It is the industry. And the industry has to change. It, it's not... It's not going to be sustainable. I think the authors are really waking up. They realize they deserve more. They realize there is no industry without their work. Why are we giving our rights away? Why are we giving our money away? Why are we giving our, like, just even the knowledge of what's going on? Communication. I mean, I talk to so many authors whose agents just like, disappear on them for weeks and weeks at a time. Or a publishing, like every time I send my publisher an email, I get an out of office return. Like these people are on vacation like every five minutes, which is fine. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. But but literally like less and less and less communication. And that's your work. I mean, that's work that most of us authors have spent either months on, if you're a fast writer, to sometimes years and years on. And to be treated so flippantly and just like a cog in the wheel is is not okay. And I don't know what that means. And I don't know how we, we, we can continue to change the conversation, but it is the conversation. It's the only conversation that we need to be having is how can we make this better for the author? Yep. And it's a conversation that, unfortunately, we will have to continue to have. Um, sorry, because, <laughs> sorry, not sorry, but sorry, not sorry, guys. But it it truly is. This is not. This is not a. It, this is not solved in a podcast episode. And uh, you know, I think you said it before. We're not trying to get on the mic and hem and haw, but we are trying to get on the mic and be honest about very human frustrations. Um, and and. And, and I think trying to like put a more, a real honest face forward. Um, yes, honest. For everybody's sake. Um, and, you know, sometimes that does require 
uh, getting on the mic and ranting a little bit. And I mean, I would love to know, like, if you're out there listening, do you think traditional publishing is dead? What do you think is a happy medium for both authors and the publishing industry? Because, yes, it is a business. I understand that. And they need to make money. But how little they do to recoup their money is what continues to baffle me. So if you have any input or insight or ideas about how we could change this, please email us at podcast at rightwayco.com and just let us know what you what you think. Thanks for listening, guys. Until next week. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Right Way Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and need. And for more information about Rightway, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers. 